This is People Every Day, coming up all about The Bachelor, digging into the ins and outs, ups and downs of Matt James's groundbreaking season of the hit reality show. Plus, Prince Philip leaves the hospital and Prince Harry and Prince William are speaking. It's March 16th. Hello, everyone. This is People Every Day, presented by Macy's. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Tuesday. I want to jump right into things because today we got the news that Prince Philip has left the hospital. He is on the mend and back on the move, so that's great. Plans for his 100th birthday in June can resume. But also, we're in Royals territory right now, so let's talk about that. It has been reported Gail King has said that semi-estranged brothers Prince Harry and Prince William have spoken. This is, of course, in the wake of Harry and Meghan's bombshell Oprah interview. Last we heard, they weren't in contact, but now news is they have had a talk and that through sources, that talk was less than productive. I mean, I have three siblings and can attest to more than a few less than productive conversations. (laughs) So hoping that all works out. Uh, It usually does. Now on to a very special episode we have for you today. Cue the music. A beautiful episode that may have a few thorns. This, my friends, is People Every Day's first ever after, after the final rose special. Yes, we are talking The Bachelor today, digging into every piece of this groundbreaking, mind-blowing season where we saw Matt James, the franchise's first black bachelor, go in (laughs) wide-eyed, looking for love and finding, losing, and basically opting out of it along the way. Um, There was drama. There was major controversy throughout the season, and we are going to break it down now. Joining me to do that, card-carrying members of Bachelor Nation, Deputy West Coast News Editor Eileen Nahas. Hi, Eileen. Hi. Happy to be here. Yay. TV Editor Brianne Heldman. Hi. Hello, Brianne. And new to the show, we have Susanna, owner of Bachelor Data Nation, who makes it her duty to crunch the numbers on this show and its huge impact on social media. Hi, Susanna. Hey, thanks for having me. So, so excited to have all of you. Let's get into it. We got to see the big ending, the big finale. Um, It is over. The final rose has been handed out. We got the after show. We got all of these things that people have been waiting for. Um, So first things first, Eileen, take me, let's let's just go back. Take me back to the beginning of this season. Let's talk about Matt James as a person before everything got so tricky. Um, He wasn't a part of Bachelor franchise. How how was he chosen to be the Bachelor? So historically, Bachelors and Bachelorettes have usually been chosen from previous casts, but Matt seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. Um, in reality, he was actually cast as a contestant on Claire Crawley's season of The Bachelorette, which, as we all remember, was halted because of COVID. So during that kind of quarantine time, he kind of made a name for himself. He's best friends with Tyler Cameron, who was the runner-up on Hannah Brown's season, and they were kind of this amazing duo during quarantine. Actually, their whole quarantine pod, Hannah included. And they made TikToks and and really kind of, he, he kind of made a name for himself during that time. So when it came, producers really started paying attention and realized, hey, maybe instead of bringing this guy back for Claire's season, he should be the new Bachelor. So that's kind of how it all happened and how we got to know Matt. So Susanna, I want you to give me bird's eye view since you haven't been on the show before. I, like your take, what is it about Bachelor that first attracted you? How long have you been a fan? And then take me into Matt as a person, how you think he works for this franchise. 
Yeah. So I started watching the show when I was in college. This was around Jake Pavelka's season. So it's well over a decade ago. Um, I think this season has been in particular, you know, very interesting to look at, especially because Matt James is our first lead in a very long time who wasn't a contestant. You know, it's interesting. I actually enjoyed his premiere more than any premiere in recent years. I was so excited for his season. I w- I love the change in the scenery. Um, I think this season was kind of overshadowed by a lot of bullying within the women of the households. Mm. And then also all the controversies around Rachel's past. I think that that really overshadowed Matt's season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think especially for somebody who's never done this before and night one had no clue what was going on and had to sit down with Chris Harrison to be like, hey, like, what am I supposed to do? I think he, you know, he did pretty well this season. Yeah. OK, rapid fire. Brianne, I know you're married. Eileen, you're married. Suzanne, are you married? I have a boyfriend. You have a boyfriend. OK, <laughs> we're all taken. But let's take that out of the picture. <laughs> Brianne, would you marry? I'm, not marry. I'm jumping. I'm jumping again. Would you date? <laughs> Based on everything you know from this season, uh, would you date Matt James? I, yes or no? No. Okay. Susanna, would you date Matt James? Uh, no. Way too social. Eileen? I wouldn't either. I don't want to be mean. I just, <laughs> yeah, I did not come away with, he's not, not, not the kind of man I'm looking for, was looking for when I was well, looking. Well, let's talk about why, because it's not because of the looks, right? He's no. gorgeous. No, no. He's gorgeous. He's a gorgeous man. Um, but he had his quirks, you know, for sure. Like he, he, and he admits to them, <laughs> like, let, let's listen into um, one thing that happened that a lot of people talked about and it came up on some of the after show. Some of the women have been giving me a hard time about kissing with my eyes open. But eye contact's a really big thing for me. I don't have the best eyes, but when you're right there and you're just like glancing over her face, it's just like, wow, you're gorgeous. <laughs> Brianne, Deal what breaker. is your take? Deal breaker? No. Kissing with the Ooh, eyes open? No. It's cringy. <laughs> also, like every time I've seen that clip, I'm like, dude, get some glasses then. He says his eyesight isn't very good. So that that's his chance to really see how beautiful their faces are. <laughs> get some glasses and close your dang eyes. Have I, any of you ever dated a guy that kissed with his eyes open? No. Not that I know of. Because <laughs> your eyes were closed. You? <laughs> so you shouldn't know. You shouldn't know. You <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the ladies. Um, Eileen, who were some of your faves this season? It's interesting because, as Susanna mentioned, a lot of the the great ladies were were overshadowed by some of these bullies and some of the kind of nastiness that went on, which to me felt the most egregious of all the seasons. We've always had kind of some cattiness, but this season was really above and beyond. Um, You know, when Heather came in kind of mid-season, it was just not a pretty picture. So it just makes all the women who who were kind of did seem like decent, sweet girls stand out even more. Um, One of them, and I know Brianne agrees with me on this, is Abigail, who is just, um, she straight out of the gate, um, she's actually the first hearing impaired, impaired person who has ever been a contestant on the show. She came right out with Matt and told him, you know, she was born deaf and um, Matt was really taken with her from the beginning. Um, she just had this, she has this incredible spirit and um, attitude. And I know a lot of people were really, uh, really rooting for Abigail. Wow. And, and Suzanne, I'm wondering who, since you crunched the numbers, who got the most airtime out of all the women this season? Great question. So, so going into hometowns, it was Sarah, Victoria, and Katie in that order. 
and they led the pack with the screen time for the whole season. What was interesting is that Sarah going into hometowns had the most featured screen time, even though she went home in the first few episodes. That definitely changes once you get down to the final four, just yeah. because the majority of the episode goes to select few number of people. Yeah. What about you, Brianne? Really quickly, who 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 would you have given your rose to? Uh, I mean, Abigail is my favorite, one of my favorite contestants, maybe of all time. I just loved her so so much, and I I think she really did get screwed by all of the drama that sucked all of the life out mm. of the room sometimes. But I do think Serena P would have been Matt's pick if she hadn't decided Matt wasn't her pick. Got it. Got it. Got That's it. That's my hot take. Okay, hot takes, hot takes. Uh, so you mentioned it, Susanna. Um, the producers gave a lot of time to Queen Victoria. Uh, even for people who don't watch The Bachelor, they heard about Victoria and they were like, who, who, who is this woman on TV that everyone's talking about? Um, so for listeners who don't watch the show, can you just break down who she was and how her role as this season's villain played to fans? Yeah, so she came in night one in a tiara well, there you and go. a princess dress. Excuse me, princess, <laughs> but the queen is here. And very much played up the role of of Queen Victoria. And what I think was really interesting this season, and a lot of fans did vocalize this, was that her drama that she instigated was pretty triggering for a lot of people. And myself, back to middle school drama, I really felt like I was back in those days. And it, it felt very different than previous year's drama. What I found interesting this season is that her Instagram growth shows a very big difference from previous villains on this show. So we've seen people like Crystal, Corinne, Olivia Caridi, or even if we look on the male side, um, you know, Luke Parker, they hit hundreds of thousands of followers even before they go on to Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. But this season with Victoria, we only saw her peak at 64,000 followers. So it's really not a lot compared to the hundreds of thousands that we normally see from this show. Wow. Okay. So the tide is turning on, you know, kind of supporting that mean girl spirit. What is your opinion just off the bat? Like, do you think they'll reel that element in? I think there's definitely a tide turning. And I I wonder too, in future seasons, if there was this much frustration about how catty the house was this year, I think, and I hope that there's going to be change in editing in future seasons. For sure. Rapid fire, funniest or favorite moment really quickly before we get into some other stuff. Uh, Ailey, funniest favorite moment. Oh, can I say most awkward? Um, It was the date with Katie and uh, the massage parlor where they were massaging uh, Tyler. Or Uh it was, yeah, it was, it was weird, but um, I know that some people loved it. Some people hated it, but it was definitely a standout. Date and massage parlor. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Brienne? (laughs) I loved uh, the one-on-one date where they were riding bicycles and Matt was like, no, I won't run into you. And 30 seconds later, ran into her and knocked her off. And what about you, Susanna? Um, I think it was Serena P on the ATV date when he was like, trust me, you're going to be fine. And then he whipped her off and she fell off the ATV. (laughs) Matt, There was a lot of injuries on these dates, man. (laughs) Um, I would have to say it's the, uh, you know, I love you. I love you so much. Thank you for sharing. I love that I get to tell you that I'm really with you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) After the break, more on the Bachelor controversy heard around the world. Stay tuned.
Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuitsandjam. And now I am back with my bevy of Bachelor Nation beauties. You guys like that alliteration? Um, <laughs> to talk about the the rest of the season and just the the weight that was was placed on this season. Um, a lot of talk about um, racism, racial insensitivity, discrimination, um, things that have been going on for years within Bachelor Nation and, and all of that coming to a head this year with Matt James' season. Um, this almost felt like a tale of two seasons, I guess. So, um, Suzanne, I want, I, I want to talk about um, the drama with Rachel Kirkinell and or Kirkconnell in terms of the timelines because we were existing in in reality real reality when we were all learning about this and then what was actually happening on the show so when were you introduced to um, the drama surrounding her and her past so it was pretty early on in the season that we started to see quite or questions on her past and pictures coming out about things that she's liked on Instagram parties that she's attended and it was pretty early on that we started to see that, you know, in her past, she's been, um, you know, as she has said, ignorant and um, not understanding of some of the events that she's participated in her life. You know, I think what was interesting this season was, as you said, there was a lot of pressure on it. We had our first Black Bachelor. We also had historically the most diverse cast ever put on a season. Um, up until this season, the majority... Uh, has always been white. This season, 65% of the cast were people of color. So there was definitely a lot of pressure on casting. But I think on top of that, you know, the screen time that we saw this season, it was majority given to our the white contestants, even though they weren't majority. And, and, and so, Brian, where do things stand with, um, we, we found out, of course, last night that Rachel was his choice. Where do, where do things stand now with the couple for those who, who didn't see last night? So on after the final rose last night, they revealed that Rachel and Matt are no longer together, that they did leave the show together. They did have what Matt called a honeymoon phase. Um, there were, they showed us pictures of them happy together, but things started to unravel once the show started airing and some of these other things started coming to light. And eventually they broke, they broke up. Rachel described it as being blindsided, but uh, I that seems surprising. But, but he didn't propose, right? He didn't propose on the show, so it can't really not. be too blindsided. Um, but in the moment, he didn't know about all of this stuff that came out about her, right? Right. He was dealing with some of his own various issues with his family and his upbringing and, and how he feels about relationships and if he truly felt ready to propose and ultimately decided that he didn't. Uh, I mean, we all <laughs> I, mean I mean, I feel like I, I'm telling you, I have a girlfriend who historically just chooses 
you know, the wrong guys. And I asked her at the beginning of the season, I was like, hey, uh, won't name her name. What do you think of Matt James? And she's like, oh, my God, he's so amazing. I love him. And I'm like, nope, he's not the one. (laughs) (laughs) He is not the one. He's just not ready. Susanna, what about you? Like when when we're talking about um, just putting these casts together, you know, you said there was a lot of pressure on there. Has vetting ever been like a a topic of discussion with The Bachelor? It's definitely been a problem in the past. You know, as soon as the cast is dropped, there is a lot of lurking that's done where people will go and dig through people's past. But, you know, likes on Instagram, that's always been a problem in the past with some contestants, which is very hard to track down, especially these days. You can't just search, you know, a certain person's Instagram account to see what pictures they've liked. You have to be looking at pictures and follow them and then just happen to be one of the people who liked it. Um, so it really takes a lot of people to be digging through somebody's history to be able to find that stuff. Yeah. Okay. And then we have Chris Harrison. So Eileen, walk us through that drama, uh, you know, longtime host and, and, and what his future is with the show. Chris has, of course, been hosting since 2002, since the first, very first episode of this show um, of The Bachelor. And what happened was that last month he gave an interview with Rachel Lindsay on Extra and he appeared to pretty much defend or he did defend Rachel's actions and Rachel's past um, racist behavior and whether she knew it or not. And what happened after that was was really swift. I mean, people reacted. No, no one was happy with that interview and certainly with the way that Chris came off in the interview. Rachel herself said it. She said his privilege was on display. She said that afterwards. And from then on, it was kind of his fate was a little bit decided, at least in this the rest of this season, he um, eventually came out with a statement saying that he was going to step away from the show and he did not host the After the Final Rose special. And he did give, an, uh, he has spoken out, he, he spoke out to Michael Strahan on GMA, um, but even that apology didn't seem to yeah. be very... seemed like Michael Strahan wasn't yeah, having it either. Yeah, didn't seem to be very satisfactory. So at this point, Chris's future with the show is still kind of up in the air. He is not going to be hosting the upcoming season of The Bachelorette. And, you know, time will tell kind of, he certainly wants to come back to the show. He's been very vocal about that. He, this is his show. This is, he's an executive producer. So he's very heavily involved behind the scenes as well. So, you know, ultimately we'll see what'll happen. Um, Yeah. Time will tell. Susanna, Susanna, do, do fans want him to return? Like what's, what's your sense on where people are falling in this, in this, debate. It's mixed and both sides are pretty vocal. There are a lot of people coming to Chris's defense saying that he should still be on this upcoming season of The Bachelorette. We also are seeing a lot of people calling for him to be fired permanently. Um, and it, it's it's a mix and it's going to be hard to, to really tell um, where fans stand until, you know, this news story kind of cools off. You know, we're seeing his Instagram numbers grow like crazy. We're also seeing Rachel Lindsay and Rachel Kirkconnell's Instagram followers grow like crazy. So it could be, you know, people just wanting to watch the drama go down. People could be following out of support. Um, You know, there's a ton of reasons why that data could be showing that. Quickly, last night, Emmanuel Acho, uh, you know, who famously launched, uh, you know, uncomfortable conversations with a black man, um, his hit YouTube series replaced host Chris Harrison to have these uncomfortable conversations. I think we need to all collectively do a better job of acknowledging that History is meant to be remembered, but not all history is meant to be celebrated. 
Yeah. And um, overall, you guys just tell me, how do you think he did? Eileen? I think he did great. I think there was, as you mentioned, very uncomfortable conversations, but he was able to really ask the right questions. And, you know, he, he, he wanted some answers, too. You could tell that he wasn't going to let someone get away with. Yeah, for sure. And, and just to go back to Matt James, um, he said he, he talked about the pressure um, and that this was, uh, you know, just really difficult for him. Um, he said, I, and I wasn't OK being the first black bachelor dealing with all that because it was in that moment and the conversation that I had with Rachel that she might not understand what it means to be black in America. Um, so it was just really, really impactful. Just to close it out, you guys, um, what what are your final thoughts about last night and about the, the franchise as a whole? The franchise needs to shake things up. This is certainly, a, this whole season was, first of all, it's still insane that it took 25 seasons to have a black lead. Like, let's not lose sight of that. And then on top of that, for for race to have been the big conversation this season, it, it was important. It was necessary. It was long overdue. And so are the changes that hopefully will come to this franchise. For sure. And just looking forward, we have some Bachelorette news out there. Um, you know, take us through what we're hearing is to come, Brianne. Well, we've got two Bachelorettes. We have back-to-back seasons, which is unprecedented. So we will have Katie, the woman who showed up on day one with Matt with her vibrator. She will be leading the, <laughs> the next season. And then we will likely have a season of Bachelor in Paradise. And then this fall, Michelle, Matt James's runner-up, will be the Bachelorette and running her fall season. But on top of all that, we also, so obviously Chris Harrison stepped away for Katie's season of The Bachelorette. We do know that Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow, former Bachelorettes, will be coming to assist and guide and mentor Mm -hmm. Katie, not so much host. They're, they're specifically not using the word host. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Yes, they are. They're, they're essentially, they're not exactly taking over Chris's job at this point, but they're, they're jumping on to kind of, yeah, provide that support, provide some advice. And, um, and you know, the conversations that Tasha and Caitlin will be able to have with Katie are going to be so different than, than Chris would have had. Well, this was great. This was great. You guys, thank you so, so much for all of this. Of course. We can always talk. I can talk about Bachelor all day. Well, we did, and I loved it. So <laughs> thanks, guys. Have okay. a great one, all of you. Bye. Bye. That was Brianne Heldman, Eileen Nahas, and owner of Bachelor Data Nation, Susanna. For more on The Bachelor, head over to people.com. And now, a little something to make you smile. 2020 was a devastating year for a number of reasons. Not only the pandemic, but a wave of natural disasters as well. They hit people really hard. For a number of residents in Lake Charles, Louisiana, their homes were nearly destroyed by back-to-back hurricanes. Enter Kelly Clarkson and NBC's Kelly Clarkson Show. She recently teamed up with Wayfair to help some of those deserving families who suffered major loss. Listen to this. You are so sweet and so kind. We're just really excited that we could give you the home that you absolutely deserve. One woman, Miss Martha, just recently took her first step inside her newly renovated home, thanks to Kelly and team, and she was overwhelmed. Wow! Look at this! This is so beautiful. Kudos to them for just doing a good thing. And you guys, have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow.